Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR person slash professional person today, a bit more cash. I know, totally so cash today. I'm Emily Bowen and I work for Forsyth's Recruitment and HR and I'm going to say I'm professional all the time. Yeah, good one. <laughs> I don't know. I think you are. I don't think it's true, but it's most getting, of the time. Most of the Monday time. Monday to Friday. Yeah, we're in work mode. Totally. Hey, Shell, what are we talking about today? So we are talking about five ways to get what you want at work and everyone wants to get what they want, right? Right. And so we're going to give you five ways to get that at work. And is that because you're sick of being overlooked? Yes, 100%. Well, let me tell you, make a change for good with Newcastle Permanent and be treated like you own the joint. Because you do, Shell. That's not bad. Visit newcastlepermanent.com.au and bank where you belong. And let's face it, there is always something more we want from our workplace. Always. Always. This is like... You like, know, I've got a whole list. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, right. There's Can you tell? No, there's not enough time. Okay. I, I think the point is we're always like, what's next or how could this be better? But we probably do it in life. Yeah. Well, in fairness. I, yeah, that's right. You're always thinking, what's that next step? And we want today to give you five super practical ways to get what you want. Sounds simple. Sounds simple, but it is in reality sometimes a little bit more complex. So we've broken this down. Em and I have sat in so many conversations over the years of people coming and asking us for something they want at work. And we've already used the C word there, conversations. So much of what we always talk about is having a conversation. And when I think about these five things that we're going to cover, I guess, spoiler alert, it's like, okay, how are you going to have the conversation? How are you prepared for the conversation? When are you going to have the conversation? That's what it all comes down to really getting what you want. So hopefully by the end of this, everybody will be an expert and they'll be really happy in their jobs. That's right. Let's get straight to it. So the first thing you need to do to get what you want at work is figure out exactly what you actually want. And I I started to laugh. I'm like, I shouldn't laugh at that. Like, it sounds silly when you say it like that, but we know it's actually more complex than it sounds. And one of the things as you and I kind of, as we prep for these episodes, we do prep, which is Believe good. it or not. And so one of the things we were talking about is that usually uh, there's a primary goal and a secondary goal. So when I go into a conversation at work with my boss about something I want, I need to work out what's my primary goal here. And I think particularly because sometimes we can confuse ourselves or we can have these like full minds where we've just got so much stuff kicking around. It can be difficult for us to organize those thoughts or to wade through those feelings and go, what am I actually searching for here? And we we did an episode where we talked about whether a pay rise will actually make you happy. And I remember in that episode, we, I guess, just reflected on our experiences and what we've seen in other people where you go, 
oh, look, if I was just paid more, like that's a really common one. If I was just paid more, I'd put up with this. Yeah, crap. that totally. And I was talking to an employee, uh, let's call him Jordan. Sure. Yeah, and, Jordan's um, a good name. He was telling me about that exact example, Em, of his goal for th- in three months' time, he wanted to achieve a pay rise. He wanted to get a pay rise. And he was just kind of offloading or venting, I guess, his experience and saying, I just need 5K more this is my primary goal. It'll help me here, here, and here. And when he, when we were chatting, I started to think, I don't, I don't know whether that's actually what he really wants. Like he's telling me, Shell, I want a five k pay rise because I'm frustrated at work and it's um, I'm dis- feeling disengaged for all these reasons. And he kind of explained that he's he's bored in his role and so on. And as I was listening, I'm like, okay, you're telling me you want a five k pay rise. But what you, what I'm hearing you actually want is a more challenging role that's going to engage you back in what you're doing. It's, and something that I think is common from your example just now in a conversation is when, we're, when we've got an emotional connection to something, so when we're feeling frustrated, we're feeling worked up, we typically will sit down and we'll do this like word vomit, first thing that comes out of our mouth, you know, what's going to make you happy, Jordan? Look, if I was just earning 5K more, I'd be sweet. But then if you let people talk for a little longer or if you actually listen to yourself when you're having a bit of a rant or a rave, usually what follows that has absolutely nothing to do with that first sentence, like that opening line. So all this commentary from Jordan that you're now telling us about where he's going, well, I'm just bored and I feel like I don't get to make any decisions or, you know, I just feel like I've just stagnated. That's got nothing to – like a pay rise doesn't actually fix that. So That's it's, right. It's actually not in harmony with each other. And so this is why it's so important at the beginning of this process to figure out what you actually want. And there's ways you can do that. So the, the way for Jordan was I guess I started asking him some questions that just challenge those assumptions. So what problem are you actually trying to solve? So start there. What is the problem you're trying to solve? For Jordan it's – I'm disengaged, I'm not making, I'm not getting to make some key decisions, I'm stagnating in my growth. That is the problem, not, so then it means, well, the pay rise isn't the solution to that, it might be a secondary goal. And like a bonus, that'd be awesome. Yeah, love a pay rise, (laughs) thank you, tick, tick, 5k more. Yeah, we always say yes to pay rises. But I think it's, okay, so what problem am I trying to solve? What is the need that I'm actually trying to meet here? And were you able in that conversation to I guess, demonstrate or have Jordan appreciate the connection between the problem and the solution and that when you describe Jordan's problem of disengagement, a pay rise doesn't actually solve that. Yeah, that's it. And it's almost like a light bulb moment where sometimes you need someone who's a bit removed from the actual issue to just ask a few questions that that really get you thinking, oh, Mm. Oh, what is, what am I actually saying here? Is my need or interest? And then what's the best way for me to solve that? Because in the end, we started talking about, well, what he actually wants is a more senior role. Yeah, because then with that comes the accountability, the responsibility, the trust to be at the decision-making table. Yeah, and also his growth, he's growing, he's being challenged and stretched and so he's not bored or disengaged. Yeah, awesome. I've seen it work really well also. So not only having that outsider come in and ask you some questions, it might be a friend or a mentor or somebody like that, but I've also seen it work well when you write it down. So rather than getting like latching your mind onto I want a pay rise, actually sit down and go, hang on, whoa up, like I'm going to back up and I'm actually going to write down 
what have I got a problem with at the moment? And then start to try and see what a solution to that might be. And and I love that, Em, because it just shows you just take, it could take 10 minutes. Totally. But it can be the difference between making a really good decision or making a really bad one. Like I've seen, and you've, you've seen people leave jobs based on this. Prematurely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or sour or damaged relationships, which can be rebuilt, but they can be damaged. That's right. So number two, once you've worked out exactly what you want, and there is a good reason to do these in the order that we describe them. So first, work out exactly what you want. Number two is now prepare to make the ask. So we've said this before, we'll say it again, no one's a mind reader. So when you're actually trying to get what you want, one of the recommendations we would make is that you never assume that someone else already knows what that is. So then it becomes very important that when you do make the ask, you do that in a way that is actually going to get you the greatest chance of a yes. Now, um, I guess my turn to tell a bit of a tale, Shell. I, I must admit, and people who work with me will know this and they probably, hopefully they'll just have a little smile. I tend to be on a bit of a mission when I'm in the middle of my day. So, you know, I'll be running from one meeting to the next. I'm trying to just check my inbox on my phone going, right, what can I hit like a quick yes or no back to just to keep things moving, get them off my plate, you know, make sure I'm not holding anyone else up. But I tend to end up just in these like back to backs. I sound so, you know, corporate meeting life. Um, I'm not (laughs) that important, but it's more so that I just tend to end up getting on a roll. And I've had a situation that sort of sprung to mind immediately when we were talking about, well, what does it look like to prepare to make the ask? And so I was in the hallway of our office and I was just sort of moving to um, a meeting and I'd just come off, you know, like I described, checking my emails and I'd actually received uh, a resignation email. So I was feeling a little bit like, awesome, can't deal with that in one word, but I, you know, I've got this 10am, I'll get to that first and I'll come back to it but it's, you know, it's going to sit in my mind now. And I happened to walk past one of my team members and she just said to me, and she seemed quite excited. And she said, oh, hey, Em, like I haven't seen you this morning. How are you? I'm like, yeah, awesome. You know, how are you going? And then she said, hey, we can talk about the detail later, but I just wanted to let you know, um, I'm actually, I've just like, I'm thinking I'd really love to take four months off to travel around Australia. And she started to then explain why that was. So there was just a bit of a um, thing that had come up for her partner. And anyway, she starts to tell me the story. And in that moment, all I could think was like, okay, I've just had someone resign. I've barely processed that. That's come via email. Awesome. I've got this 10am I've got to get to. And now I'm hearing this. And unfortunately, like I can kind of have a smile on my face as I tell this story now. But in hindsight, I don't know what my face looked like in that moment, but it probably, it wasn't awesome. And my mind just went to, that's just made life hard. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, you know, you've just dropped to this bomb and I can't deal with it right now, but it's hard. I think it's, it feels hard. it's putting yourself in the shoes of your manager because when you're telling me that story, I'm like smiling the whole, like if you could <laughs> see my face, you'd just be seeing this big smile because this is, this is just common stuff that happens for managers. So they, they get approached by someone with this, huge ask like taking four months off to travel around Australia awesome that'd be so good but that's not an easy thing to facilitate so let's just say that yeah but then the second thing is it's a huge thing to to put on your manager hey I'll let's talk about the details later because the first thing your manager is going to think about is all the details totally everything that this has a ripple effect 
Yeah. Shoot. Like they're thinking about the five projects that they've got in the pipeline that they're not going to be able to do because they've got a resignation and they've got now someone wanting to take four months off. And all the other team members and the other pressures that, you know, maybe come up day to day that aren't always seen or heard. And I think something I'm really mindful of is for that person, it was like the most exciting thing in her life. You know, she's coming off the back of having these conversations with her partner. The opportunities come up. She is pumped and she's thinking, how awesome will this be for me? And I totally validate all of that because that makes complete sense. She doesn't know about this resignation because that's literally just hit my inbox. But also, as you say, there's just, there's so much to be said for actually considering the impact of, you might not know those details, like you might not know that resignation has happened, but just having some awareness that you, you know, there might be more things going on, I think is really important because then you can start to make sure that you're picking the right moment or that you're, um, I guess, maybe aware of what might come and you can actually prepare for that so that when you go to your manager and you do let them know that this is something that's on your radar and you're hopeful that, you know, they'll say yes and it can be made to work, that you're prepared for anything. You're prepared for that conversation. So that probably leads us to, you know, okay, well, how do you prepare to make the ask? That's right. And the other thing, Em, I know you well enough to know you want to make your employees happy to be at work, engaged. And the first thing, if if she had caught you in the right moment, you'd be thinking, how can I do this to keep her? Oh, absolutely. How can I help facilitate this? So she switched it slightly and caught you maybe in your one-on-one meeting or she'd she'd said, Am, can I take you out for a coffee and have a conversation? You'd be straight away going, okay, I've got all this stuff going on, but what can I do? Because she'd done it in a way that's kind of helped you to be more inclined to say yes. Oh, and even just helped me to be present. So one of the things, um, you know, in sort of starting that story, I was talking about how I tend to rush around. I can be quite task orientated and I know that about myself. And what that can mean is that to be caught in the hallway and to need to shift gears that quickly for that something that significant that deserves a 30-minute conversation, Yeah, that's hard for me. And so in the middle of, you know, going from to a meeting and, and having, you know, just been on my emails and whatnot. And it, I know that that's not unusual. I know there's a lot of people that live that work life out there or a version of it. But what would be um, good for both of us is actually if, well, yeah, there was a 30 minute sort of calendar invite that allowed me to turn up and be there for that person. Because that is really important to me. I want to make sure that if I'm sitting in front of someone that I actually have the presence of mind, that I've got the headspace and that I can do the best job possible to come up with all the reasons why it can work. And and the way – it just goes to show that how you set it up and how you prepare is a game changer for you getting what you want. And so digging into this is firstly schedule a meeting. Like most of these things, if they're big enough asks – that sounds, that sounds, if they're big enough asks with a K, <laughs> then you need to, you, you should book it in a meeting, a phone call, Zoom meeting, face-to-face, whatever that is. That's the first step. And then the next thing I'd be thinking of, and and Em, jump in with your your perspective as well, is what's the areas of resistance? Yeah, what try and put yourself in the other person's shoes or in the business's shoes. You may not know everything. You might not know about that resignation. You might not know about those other projects or that, you know, the full sort of profile of projects, but just know that there's more going on than you're aware of. And 
It could be as simple as when you sit in that meeting, acknowledging that. So saying, I understand there's probably a lot going on at the moment that I don't even know about that could make this difficult. Here are some things I do know about and I've thought about how we could make it work. And I was just really keen to at least have like a first conversation with you about that because this is something I'd love to do. And then I'd love to be able to come back to this place after that four months. Love it. So good. And you're agreeing that way. You're agreeing on what the outcome is that everyone's aiming for. And then you just got to try and find a way there. And that flows really nicely into our next number three thing that you need to do to get what you want. Don't make it all about you. Oh, amen. Amen, sister. So (laughs) the golden rule of getting what you want at work is to align what you want with what the business needs. That is so crucial, but it's actually not that simple because sometimes going around Australia, you kind of think, well, how does that align with the business needs? Yeah. What are they going to get out of that? I'll send you a photo. Well, that's it. And so what you may need to kind of work out, and it can take some time, is figuring out how do I align my request or my desire with what M is going to see as important. Yeah. And so take the time, set the time aside to, to do that. And I think, like you said in that story, when she came and asked you, she's so excited because naturally, like, that's a that would be an awesome thing to do. Like, yeah, life-changing. Totally. I would love to do it. And so it's easy in that moment to get caught up in, I'm so excited, like, this is going to be great for me, but have less consideration to the business. That's right. And whether you, this is about to sound a little bit terrible, but I'll go with it and see how it comes out. Whether you care 100% about what the business gets out of it or what the business needs or not is kind of not the point. The point is actually we're giving you the five top tips to get what you want. And one of them just happens to be, look, put the other party first because in the end it's going to loop back to you and you're going to get what you want. Yeah. And and we've got a really good, let's just do a little case study on this okay. because um, a lot of people at work, especially now, they want flexible work. Like we've just had, we've just had all this time of working from home, and businesses are starting to say, "Hey, Em, you got to come back to the office." And you're like, "I don't want to. I don't want to go back to the yeah. office. Like, why should I have to go back to the office?" Okay, so maybe your request is you want to stay working from home, mm-hmm. and the reasons might be like if it's me, I'm like I I get to sleep in. Oh, mate, I loved not having to like put on as much makeup, not having to like wear clothes that were as um, appropriate. Like I, you know, I could just dress more. <laughs> what casually. are you wearing? <laughs> what are you? I don't know what you're wearing. <laughs> what are you wearing? Anyway, sorry. Anne. <laughs> no, but like just I could dress more casual. That's a nicer way to say it. Like okay, I didn't have to put in as much effort. All yeah, right, I could turn one. up to my Zoom calls <laughs> and I could turn on my little auto. What did we auto did we touch have? up? Yes, yeah, auto touch up. And I didn't have to put in as much effort, and that was so awesome because. I am absolutely okay to put in effort when I have to, but I just felt like I had so much more time and energy when I removed that whole like being a girl routine from my morning. Yes. And I loved that. Totally. So good. And I think when, you, when you're like looking at your request, you're like, all these reasons are about me. Like oh, yeah. I want to sleep in, I want to be able to, you know, pick the kids up from daycare earlier because oh, that's a big one. A, like the flexibility to actually be able to, uh, do the drop off or do that juggle more easily comes up so often. And so we look on face value; these things are pretty self focused, which is natural. But what we want to what we want to actually be able to do in this conversation is start to frame them in a way that benefits not just me, but also 
my boss and the business that I'm working in. And I think you've said this before, Em, that every win that you have is a win for the business. If we can kind of package it up right. Yeah, I really believe that there is something in there. Like, for example, uh, I was, so we did work from home for three months during COVID, but I um, tend to work from home sort of on a part-time basis, I would say otherwise. And I log on earlier. I'm more productive in the mornings. I find that there's less distractions for me. And overall, I end up feeling like my energy lasts longer. So I'm not as burnt out at the end of each day, which I love, but I also feel like, well, that makes me a more productive, more happy, better employee as well. Yeah, that's it. So, so what you then are going to communicate to your manager, to your employer is those things. That's right. I'm more productive. I'm more effective. It also lets me do school drop-off, school pick-up because you're, you're, if you're working a good organisation, they want you to be able to be both present with your family or your personal life and engaged at work. And often when we're going in uh, to make the ask, so this is what we're talking about right now is Prep, it's still preparation for that. It's really getting your head straight on how are you going to pitch this? How are you going to sell this? So much of what we're talking about is you're probably going to end up with some sort of compromise. You're probably going to end up, maybe you go in and your pitch is, I'd really like to work from home four days a week. And you end up coming out of that compromising on two or three days per week because between the business and yourself, that's what's going to work best. But the more that you can convince them that there are wins in it for the business, then the closer to what you want you are going to get. So it's important when you are setting up the conversation, you're going into it, is is to think like a marketer and know your audience and know what they're going to want out of the convo. Hey, we're going to take a break now. We've covered off on our first three top tips, figuring out exactly what you want, preparing to make the ask and then Don't make it all about you. When we come back, we've got two more to go. So we'll talk to you soon. Money, property, careers, health, small business. We love learning how to do all of these well so we can live our best life. That's why we've made podcasts focus on a variety of topics. Check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, Gen Z Money, and You To Me, You To You, You To Us, which is just about sexual and reproductive health. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, number four, we are back. And this one is play the long game. So this is all about not going in to make the ask with your guns blazing, expecting instant results, but instead 
still remaining focused on what the other party needs. So what does your boss actually need from you in order to give you a yes? Now, there is a subtlety to this, but one of the examples that we see come up time and time again is you might be working, say, in a fixed-term contract or on a casual basis and you're really keen on a permanent position. So we see often um, that what will happen is someone will start to go, okay, permanency is actually really important to me. I've had a quick look and there's no vacancy being advertised internally. So I'm going to go to my boss and I'm going to say, hey, I'd really like a permanent role. It's you know really important to me at the moment because until I can actually get that security in my employment, I can't secure um, funds for a mortgage and I'd really like to buy a house. So I just wanted to let you know that um, and unfortunately if there's no opportunity for me to go permanent here, then I will need to look elsewhere. And what that does when you're sitting there as the employer is it actually makes you start to feel it's almost like a bit of an ultimatum. Yeah, you're, you're boxed into a corner, yes. really. Yeah, and it's a little bit of that, I guess, okay, this has come a little bit out of the blue. You know, it's not it's not a major um, deal. Like I'm sure, you know, in some instances we can make it work, in other instances we can't. This question comes up all the time. I totally understand it. But I think what framing it in the way that we just described does is it gives it this sense of immediacy or this sense of, yeah, like ambush or backed into a corner where as the employer you start to feel like, oh, okay, so you're now expecting that I need to give you an answer straight away. But that's not always possible. Mm. It's not always realistic in the context of an organisation. There might be some procedural or financial, um, I guess, work that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah stuff it. that just needs to be considered. And, and all we're saying with this, and I know we're, we're – the way, I guess the essence of this whole how to get what you want is it's all about how you frame the ask, really. It That's all comes right. down to framing it. It's not changing what you want because what you want is permanent and that is a really good thing to want from your employer. It's how do you put it out there? And so playing the long game, it flips that kind of slightly to go instead of, hey, Em, I, I want to go permanent, I need to get a mortgage and I'm keen to do this now or I'm, I'm going to start looking for other jobs tomorrow. Instead, it's, hey, Em, this is what I would like to do. What would you need to see from me in the next three months in order to consider me for a permanent role? That's right. It's such a uh, subtle tweak but it makes such a big difference. And it opens. Like I, I feel like when we're talking in that way, it opens the whole conversation up to go, what would you need from me to consider, again, another open word, to consider me for permanent? It just... Even the three-month timeline, I really like that. Having an agreed timeline that once you work out what these things are, you're actually doing those over that period because that creates an openness but not indefinite openness. That's right. Like it's not infinite. It will have an end to it one way or another. And it's an agreed time frame, which is really important. But That's it's it. still That's time. And, it, and you need to have the agreed timeline because ultimately you may need to leave if you can't get what you want. In the sort of the what not to do, this idea of sitting down and saying, I really, a permanency is really important to me at the moment. 
is that available or not? If it's not, unfortunately, I'll have to look for a job elsewhere. That's a very yes, no question Mm. because it leaves your manager feeling like they need to say, well, there's no permanent job here for you at the moment. Or maybe they say yes, but worst case, they're going to say, well, there's nothing here at the moment. And they'll probably feel like that's the end of the conversation because you've made your intention really, really clear that you're out if the answer's no. So they're sitting there thinking, that's the end of the line. Like it's not necessarily what they want to say, but they might be saying it's the end of the line. Flip it, the the what to do, uh, again, openness. Yes. It's like ongoing and who and, knows what they might say. And also we want – what we want to create for you is options. Yes. We always want options because when M, when you said M, of, it's a yes, no. When we have a yes, no, okay, no, you can't have permanency. All right, I'll start looking. What happens if it takes you nine months to get a mm, job? Awkward. Awkward. And sometimes what happens when you tell your employer that is they start thinking, cool, Shell's going to leave. I'm going to start prepping all this stuff in the background for that. And if my exit takes longer than I anticipate, well, that's not favourable to me either. Or there might be an opportunity that comes up that is for a project and you'll get overlooked, that's unfortunately. Right. So mm. every time we're thinking about... How do we approach our manager? What you want is the openness and options. And if I can be a bit cheeky, if you have that conversation and you agree what needs to happen over the three months and you start working towards that and during that three months you find another job that is your dream job that's permanent somewhere else, you've still got the option to leave and go and do that. So again, it's options and it just allows you more control over your destiny, which we all love. Totally. So number five, our last way to get what you want is get to work. Yes. (laughs) So let's just recap quickly. You figured out what you want. You've prepared for your ask. You didn't make it all about you. You've played the long game. So you know what your manager wants from you over a three-month period to say yes to whatever your request is. Now you need to actually go away and work on those things that they've suggested. And this is something that a manager is going to see if, if you've had that conversation, say, about permanency and they gave you three things to do to become permanent, if you work really hard on those, everything in them is going to want to say yes. Absolutely. They're going to want to give you that at the end of that period. So now you need to demonstrate those behaviours. And I've talked about this person on my team oh, actually a lot over the podcast. She's been my kind of example of what to do because she always does everything beautifully. And so she was working with me in our um, head office and she was originally from Queensland and she asked, can I move back home Mm. and relocate? And I was like, no, you can't leave me. But because I love working with her so much, the way she set this whole thing up was like a dream because everything in me was like, I want to do whatever it is to keep you because of how she would approach these conversations. So she booked the meeting in M. She came to me and said, look, I don't have a timeline, but I think my long-term goal is to move back to Queensland. And our office and most of our staff are based um, in New South Wales. And so she realised that's not going to be super convenient for the job. But here's the things that I've considered that I could do to make it work. I'm going to fund my own trips back every quarter. Wow. I would love to do it as a six-month trial where at any point you can come to me and say, Annabelle, this isn't working. And you need, and then she would 
move back. And so I was kind of in this conversation thinking she's done all the work. She's done all the thinking for you. And she knew me and what what I would be concerned about. But you know your boss. You know what they're interested in and what they care about. Use that information to your advantage. But even to just demonstrate that she cares enough about the business to spend time and headspace doing as much thinking and planning as she possibly can to make it as easy as possible for everybody. Yes. That counts for so much. Like I'd much rather help somebody that behaves like that. Oh, totally. And so what I did, because she'd done all that prep, she'd done literally everything that we've said on these, these five ways to get what you want. When it got to the time of the trial, so this is where it's get to work, like show me and demonstrate that this you working remotely from home can work in Queensland when all our staff are in New South Wales. And so what she did was she used that six-month trial. She would report in regularly. She set up the meetings for the reviews with me. Yeah, amazing. So every opportunity that she had to prove that it worked, she did. She went above she and took beyond. ownership. And even she set up like uh, conversations with other managers to see how they were finding her remote um, working. And this is all before COVID. So it wasn't like we we're all super familiar with you know, Zoom and interstate, yeah, working in my organisation that is. So I just loved that she had taken so much initiative to demonstrate that she could do it and that it would work for her but also for us. Well, that's such a good point. Like this get to work period is as much about, particularly in your example of relocation, her working out if this is working for her and as a feedback loop to getting exactly what you want, it's actually a really good time, that three months or that six months, to just check again that what you're working towards is actually what you want. Because if you start to practice those behaviours that are required or work in that way that's required to get what exactly what you want and you realise that actually this is not making you happy, then you can tweak and you can change. That's it. And it's just the open lines of communication mm. about that. That critical. Feedback loop, we talk about that a lot. Make sure you're setting that up. And it does take hard work. To get what you want is not not an easy thing. But if you follow these ways that we're suggesting, we are so confident that you are going to exponentially increase your chances of getting what you want at work. Ain't it true? All right. So that's our top five ways to get what you want at work. If we just run down and do a bit of a recap before we wrap up this episode, we want you to start with figuring out exactly what you want. Then in order, move into uh, the stage of preparing to make the ask. When you're doing that, we don't want you to make it all about you. Then number four, play the long game. And finishing with number five, get to work. Yes, so good. Hey, and if you have, if you try this out at work and you get what you want, let us know. Give us some feedback. You can email us. You can find us on Instagram. Let us know. We love hearing your feedback. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we would love, it makes us very happy and smile. If you can give us a five-star review and subscribe. Subscribe. Yes, that's very important, they tell me. Yep, that gets more visibility for the podcast. Hey, thanks for hanging out and we'll see you soon. Always a pleasure. See you, Shell. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Money, property, careers, health, small business. We love learning how to do all of these well so we can live our best life. 
That's why we've made podcasts focus on a variety of topics. Check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, Gen Z Money, and You To Me, You To You, You To Us, which is just about sexual and reproductive health. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Podcast.